It's good to be with you this morning. It's been a while, and I feel a little bit like the substitute teacher. So, uh, no, no. Wait till I'm done. Wait till I'm done. And uh, I know where you normally sit, so if you've changed seats, I'm going to write it down and send it to the real pastors, Pastor Chuck and Pastor Brett. But this is really a unique moment, don't you think? This, uh, not every year does the last day of the year fall on the Lord's Day. And I know we've, we're, maybe some of us are partied out, some of us will be partied out by tomorrow afternoon, but the reality is we have this moment in time to reflect on 2023 and ponder 2024. And I understand that for some of you, 23 was a great year. Things went well. For others, it was a mixed set of issues. And so we want to just take a few moments not only to look at the past, but more importantly to look at the future. And there's, there's a great passage, a great interaction between God and Joshua. As the newly installed leader of Israel, he was about to embark on this incredible conquest of the promised land. And God came to him and shared a really nice outline for him, which we've borrowed today for our time together. And we're going to read Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9. And so uh, Matthew Pearson's our scripture reader for the day. And Matthew, if you does step up to the platform there, and you know what we do here is we stand, face the center of the room for the reading of God's word. Matthew, when you're ready. Joshua 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on, meditate, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Hey, thanks a lot, Matthew. You can have a seat. Who knows what 24 will be like, but a century ago, in 1923, there was a number of predictions that predicted ahead 100 years to what life would be like in 2023. An author collected just a variety of predictions and wanted to share just a few of these with you. One of them stated, due to the advances of electricity offering people with a variety of leisure activity options, by the year 2023, the average work week would be four hours. <laughs> Maybe reflect on 2023. By 2023, the average lifespan of a 
person could be increased to 100 years, theorized an expert on longevity. In individual cases, get this, it could be increased to 150 years or even 200 years. Every major disease from cancer to TB to polio to leprosy would be eradicated by 2023. And then one futurist predicted that beauty contests would no longer be necessary in 2023 because there will be so many beautiful people, it will be almost impossible to select winners. So take a look around. It came true. It came true. This is the moment, and you've had a lot of reflection, you'll look to the future, yada, yada, yada. This is that moment in which we reflect on our faith and the role it played last year and the role we trust it will play in the new year. And perhaps consider this morning taking that next step of faith, whatever it may be, because this is that moment. And as I ask myself, as you do, to what extent did our faith make a difference in how we lived our life last year? And, and what is the step of commitment God might be even speaking to me at the moment to take in 2024? Biblical characters inspire and they direct, but it also seems like God really comes to them very specifically with very specific tasks, directions, and, and plans. I wish God would speak to us that clearly. Joshua is the new successor to Moses, the new leader of Israel. And he's about to embark upon a seven-year journey to conquer the promised land. He was a man of faith. It says in Numbers, the spirit was in him. And he wanted to serve God and trust God as the ultimate powers they made the conquest of the land come real, become real. And there's just three promises and a commandment I want to share with you. We'll spend different times on different one, each of those differently. But the first promise is found in the first four verses. And if you were following along the scripture passage, it gave the geographic um, outline of what was to become the promised land. Now understand that 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years before Christ, in Genesis 12, God promised Abraham an undisclosed area of land which they would eventually inhabit. 4,000 years ago. In 1400 BC, this is the time, the moment of this story with Joshua, God assisted Joshua and the Israelites in the conquest of the land that he had originally promised them. And from 400 BC until today, this small narrow strip of land has been arguably the most contested piece of land on the planet. I don't know if you realize there's a, there's a war going on over there. And there have been numerous wars going on. It's still a geopolitical hotspot. And the war being fought today in the Middle East is still being fought on the ground that God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't want to go any farther. We could bring out the maps and charts and history timelines. You may want to do that on your own. The good news is our promised land, according to the New Testament, ha has been transformed. Uh, it's no longer this limited earthly geographic set of boundaries, but we anticipate another promised land. And John 14 articulates this really well, that Jesus goes to prepare a what? A place for us. And we don't have this strip of land, we have a room. 
Take it literally or figuratively, figuratively, whatever you'd like to do. But that's the promise of the land for Christians today. The second promise is one I want to spend a little more time with in verses five through nine. And the promise, this is the promise of God's always and whatever presence. Verse five, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never, never leave you nor forsake you. And again, as you're reading these passages, understand they translate into our current situation, into our current lifestyle. Verse nine, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go in 2024, God will always be with you wherever we go. Now, you know what Joshua's first three assignments were? Entering the promised land, no small feats. His first assignment was to cross a raging Jordan River at flood stage. He had the waters part. The Ark of the Covenant led the processional. And he'd lead them through these flood stage waters. The second assignment, he was called to circumcise all the males in the entire nation of Israel. I'm not going to make any more comments on that. Not an easy assignment. The third assignment was to conquer this nondescript city we now know as Jericho. And the commander of the Lord's army comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, here's what I want you to do. Joshua, the great military commander. I want you to march around that city for seven days. On the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. And then all the priests are going to blow their trumpets, which actually is the first biblical reference to a marching band. Some of you may not have known that. And then after they play the trumpets, we want everyone to yell as loud as they can yell. And Joshua says to the commander of the Lord's army, the walls will fall down. And I can imagine Joshua taking notes, making sure the sequence was correct, and getting to that last line and said, say what? But the spirit was in him. And he understood early, he needed to understand early in the conquest of Israel, what was going to happen would involve the presence of the Lord. Joshua needed the assurance that the Lord was with him. And let me just give you a quick panoramic walk through the Bible to show you that throughout all biblical history to this very moment, God has promised to be with his people beginning with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and now Joshua, and then the judges. The Spirit of the Lord descends upon these judges. And then the prophets. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 41.10, Fear not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help and uphold you with my righteous right hand. We just completed the season of Advent and Christmas. Isaiah the prophet said, Guess who's coming? Emmanuel, which is God with us. And the entrance into history of the person of Jesus. Remember that story? Boys and girls, baby Jesus in the manger. And then late in Jesus' life, just before he was arrested, convicted, crucified, and rose from the dead, he said to his disciples, this is in John 14 and John 16, listen, I'm going to be gone, but I'm sending you a spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of God will be with 
each of you. And the Spirit's role, he says in John 14 and 16, will be to counsel, comfort, correct, and equip us in our journey through life as followers of Jesus. And then just before he left the planet, part of the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, I am with you on Sundays, <laughs> occasionally, I am with you always, even to the end of the age when we leave this place to join him. And as God strengthened and supported, directed these ancient biblical characters, this same unchanging God promises to strengthen, support, and direct us through the thrills and spills of another year. 2024. If, if we rely upon him. Now, in, in reflecting on this whole promise, the harsh reality is that we tend to rely upon our own strengths. Uh, we, we rely on our own expertise, on our own success, on our own self-sufficiency, and we Idahoans in particular rely on our rugged individualism. I love us for that. You know the feeling. You experienced it last year. Life is good. You're going, things are going strong, and then the rug is pulled out from underneath you. Whether it's work-related or relationship, marriage, family, friends, or health, you're emotionally empty and you can't understand why. You find yourself going through the motions. Your friends bail on you in your moment of need. See, those are the moments we might turn to God as a last resort. But the story of Joshua and the message to Joshua describe God's nature and his design for us in that we are sensitized to his presence in the first resort, not the last resort. And our ability to seek and sense his presence when things are going well will amplify his presence when we're struggling. And here's the good news. The, the Bible is full of stories of people that seek God. The Bible is also full of stories where God seeks people. You don't have to go out of your way. Just listen. Just listen for where that voice may come from. I don't know how many of you remember Gordon Griffith. He was a member of this church. Uh, he he uh, passed away years ago. But when I think of someone that inspires me with a lifestyle that modeled God's presence, it was Gord. Now, Gord was one of the first guys that launched the prison ministry, uh, jail ministry, county jail, that we still uh, support and we participated in for many years. But there was something about Gord. It was partially his personality. He was an optimistic guy. Uh, he always saw what was good in people. But then there was this spiritual dimension where you always got the sense when you were with Gord Griffith that he was walking with Jesus and that the spirit was impacting not only his monumental moves, but his seemingly insignificant moves. He would meet you in the octagon or in the old building entryway and he put his hand on your shoulder and said, praise God, how has your week been? And if you had a tough time, he said, hey, can we, can we just pray? And it wasn't this flowery, uh, 
theologically precise prayer. He just spoke to Jesus as if Jesus was his friend. We went fishing together. And I think Pastor Brett shared this story. And I went fishing with him more than once because he could catch fish. But we all, he always prayed before we started fishing. Lord, we praise you for a great day. And Lord, we thank you for the fish we're about to catch. And if we didn't catch fish, now that prayer never really worked for me. But the reality was, regardless of where he was, you knew that he was walking with Jesus and the presence of God was with him. And he was an inspirational personality here. Do you have that sense that God is walking with you in the person of Jesus through his spirit? Or is that something you'd like to take a step of commitment towards in the next year? Third promise. And it's a conditional promise. And it's really about the blessings and benefits of the Bible. Let me reread verses seven and eight. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, the law here, meaning the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, 613 laws contained within, civil laws, ceremonial laws, relational laws, kosher laws, moral laws, including the Ten Commandments. Not just a list of do's and don'ts, which is what we reduce the law to, but a collection of specific commands, directives, and stories that was designed to comprehensively shape a culture into something uniquely blessed to be a blessing to the culture around it in the promised land. Designed to shape a distinct group of people by introducing a common vision, purpose, and standard of morality. That's still the the task of our Bible. Contemporize it, we have the Bible, Old and New Testament. And just asking ourselves, what's our commitment to scripture in 2023 and how can we step it up in 2024? The promise says it's to be on our lips, we're to discuss it, we're to verbalize it with family and friends, we're to meditate on it, to study it, to reflect upon it, to obey it when it calls us to obey. It's a centerpiece of our daily experience, our family priorities, and determines how we engage and stand firm within culture and create a congregational identity as well. It was instructions for Israel to know how to succeed within a new culture. And the whole idea of a promise or a principle of prosperity and success, maybe not just by mere worldly standards, but success, a way by which we'll Uh, make better decisions, create healthy boundaries and establish moral standards that will allow us to stand against shifting moralities of changing culture. What's your commitment like to God's word today? And in 2024, how could we step it up? Just Just one step. Those are the three promises. Then there's a commandment. And I'm just gonna call it the 11th commandment because nobody's ever called anything the 11th commandment before. And this is the 11th commandment for 2024. And this is in the face of Joshua's uncertainty, in the face of a new culture, having to move from nomadic to agrarian society, he needed to know that God was with him and he could be strong. 
And so the 11th commandment is to face the future with a confident hope. And verse 9 says this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Three times in this passage, God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. Be strong. Don't back down. There may be moments in 2024 where you need to hear those simple words. Be strong. Something may be confronting, confronting you. There may be an adversary or an enemy or a situation where you just need to hold your ground and know that the Lord is with you. Be courageous. Be bold. Step out in faith. 2 Timothy 1.7 is a great statement about this where Paul says to this young pastor, Timothy, for the spirit of God does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I have to ask myself, how courageous was I for my faith last year? How many times did I stand up in the face of cultural norms, cultural standards of morality, and speak biblical authority in those situations? We all know culturally where we're headed, where we've been. And never before, perhaps in our lifetime, has we, have we needed to be more bold and more courageous in communicating truth. I just saw Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom this week. Pastor Brett brings me to those movies. <laughs> He's a connoisseur, kind of a geeky connoisseur. And he always sets the context for me. I just go for the popcorn and the action. But he, he's got it all down. If you know him, you know this to be true. And Brett explained as we walked in the theater last time that, you know, Dad, this is the last movie in the DC Extended Universe series. Phew. I'll take a large, please. <laughs> but I love Aquaman. And I love these guys, without the context, because he's strong and courageous. He dresses well. He doesn't back down, regardless of the odds. He has this trident that he can fire at the bad guys and impale anything and anyone. He throws this trident at the forces of evil and always emerges victorious. It's Aquaman, king of Atlantis. But he has superpowers, and we don't. Or do we? We may lack the superpower, but we possess the supernatural presence of the king of the universe. Forget Atlantis. It's the power of Jesus and his spirit and his direction that help us take the next step and the next step when we're struggling, and leap forward when we're victorious. We're the children of the king of the universe. So let's be bold in sharing how the gospel is real to us. I see that every week. And if it's real, which probably most of us agree with, then it changes what, potentially? Things we don't think can change. People we don't think might make a difference. 
Be bold in sharing how the gospel is real. Be bold in standing up for what you believe into a cancel culture that's continually pressuring us to revise what's right and wrong. Be bold at school, defending kids that are on the outside looking in, or defending truth, if, even if it costs. Then he says, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Now, saying that to adults is a little bit, you know, beneath us, isn't it? Because we're never scared. One of the things that I've done since I left TFRC is I hang out with my grandkids. And a couple times every summer, I put up the little tent in the backyard. It's like a ghetto version of camping. And so the grandkids are all early elementary school age. We all go out there like, once there were seven of us lined up like sardines in the tent. And we have a blast, more or less. But at some point late at night, they have their flashlights, you know. They say, Papa, tell us a scary story. And I love that moment because I have this story, parents, grandparents, I'd be glad to share about the tree people. And they're right above us. And sometimes they come down from the trees and they dot, dot, dot. And I know I'm scaring the you-know-what out of them because at some point they say, Papa, is that story real? And I have to break down. And I say, no, it's just pretend. But then you know what's important to them? Papa is with them in the tent. And I will not leave them or forsake them, regardless of what the tree people might come and do to us. When you're confronted with a diagnosis, a situation at work, a season in life where your income doesn't match your expenses, all those real-life tree people that even big people grapple with. Don't be afraid. I can say it's easier said than done, but understanding with the presence of God, it changes everything and anything. And then last, don't be discouraged. Our discouragement might be the greatest casualty of our uncertainty looking to the future. Things aren't working out as they should. My kids aren't as perfect as I was in high school. I feel alone, I'm too busy. Whatever it may be, don't be discouraged. Joshua faced the uncertainty of leading, of this new task of leading a nation, of conquering a promised land one city at a time. All the uncertainty of those moments, including the first three situations and beyond. And these verses also speak to our own uncertainty of the future, individually, as families, collectively, as a church, culturally. I get concerned for the future of the church because we find ourselves in a post-Christian, anti-Christian culture. But when I read this statement, I know the stance I need to take and the posture I need to pursue. All of the challenges we face in 2024 will be set upon a, upon a foundation of the promise of God to Joshua and to us. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be bold. Be courageous. And my capacity to stand firm and endure is directly related to my intimacy of my walk with Jesus. So the how-to of this set of promises is the more I t spend time in the Word, just in prayer, the way Gord did, he just, he lived, he lived a life of prayer that was just a conversation with his God, of gathering with other Christ followers for support and strengthening. Whatever it may be that allows you to deepen your commitment, then 
the presence of God will grow stronger within you. The more I'm sensitized to those mystical promptings of the Holy Spirit, the greater my devotion to the cause of Jesus, then the stronger my sense of the presence of God will be. Joshua 1, 1 to 9 really impacts our personal growing sense of God's presence. Our, Our focus on God's word equips us to face 2024 with all that we need, not only to survive, but to live with a confident hope amidst the uncertainty of a new year. This is God's word to you for 2024. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be scared. Don't be discouraged. Because the God of the universe, the Savior of our souls, the reality of the Holy Spirit is with you wherever you may go. He always has been, and he always will be. Let's pray. Father, as we face the uncertainty of a new year and reflect on the realities of the old, may you, may you give us a sense of your presence even here and now And allow us to take that next step of commitment to walking more closely with you, to listening more carefully to your word and direction. And Lord, I thank you so much for the journey of life, for the thrills and spills that lead us from one year to the next. And we give you honor, glory, and praise for every day that we live and breathe. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And so now go in peace and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you in 2024 and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. Amen.